What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. We are back for episode number 28. And uh, so, I know, episode 28. We are, oh, I am joined by my co-host as usual from the West Coast, Rob. What's up, man? Hello, sir. Hello, hello. And tonight we've got a guest appearance, a return guest appearance. My good friend of the pod, Mr. Douglas Colson. What's up, Doug? Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Of course, always a good time. Might as well record what we do via text for fun anyway, right? So Absolutely. So, tonight we are going to change gears a little bit. Uh, normally, we are very NFL and NBA heavy, to be honest. After the way that the Heat season ended in that Game 7 and these farce of a Celtic squad who needed game seven against two teams to beat them without their second best score each time just tells me this is all for show and uh you know the NBA has an agenda and this is the northeast bias and oh my gosh so we're not going to talk about the NBA finals even though there is a game going on right now game three after the series is tied 1-1 uh let's go Golden State fuck Boston (laughs) And in the NFL, we don't have much to talk about other than things of an inappropriate nature, which we'll just continue to let settle in the background until we get closer to the season and see what actually happens. Um, So we're going to do a baseball pod, ladies and gentlemen. It's America's pastime, the forgotten sport, yet the one that pays out the biggest contracts that are all guaranteed and generates the most revenue via TV contracts, which, well, on a per-game basis – I guess it would be the NFL, but overall, yeah. like some of these TV contracts that these base, that these baseball teams get is absurd. It doesn't match the popularity that we see in, in out there. But hey, it is baseball. We love it. It's still it's still around. It is still going strong. 162 games, and we are closing in on the All Star game. We are about four weeks out. They just started All Star voting today or yesterday. I'm not exactly sure. I know I put my votes in today. So, during the pod, we are going to go down and, and give you who we think should be our starters at every position in the All-Star game. We're not going to go full rosters, uh, but at least the starting nine and DHs. And then I'll throw out a starting pitcher for each side, too. Uh, so, we'll have that discussion. And we're just going to talk about the league, state of affairs, uh, some of the teams that are dominating, some of the teams that we expected to maybe do a little better and are not. Uh, just a bunch of different different things that we can talk about and then a couple of players who have been showing up and showing out because for and you guys can jump in whenever you want for it maybe as as much of a lack of growth and a lack of growth and popularity overall there are still a lot of players who are very fun to watch they have a lot of charisma they connect to the fan bases of the people who they are going after so there are some of those people that we can talk about who um, just make it exciting to to listen to and to I'm sorry to watch the game and stuff like that. So let's get you all jumping in. Where do we want to start? All right, so we're gonna kick off this episode with uh, a little home talk. All of us are fans of different teams. All three teams, I feel like, are in kind of different situations currently. Uh, One of them's at the top, one's really in the middle, one's kind of floating at the bottom. We'll see who's who now in a moment. Uh, So let's start with the top, Doug. As as the guest, we'll let you start with your beloved New York Mets. What's going on with them this season? How are we looking? 
Um, well, as always, I have to talk about the Mets with very low expectations. Not to be disappointed again, because yeah. going back a year ago, we were in first place in July, and, well, we all know how that finished up. But, uh, no, so far this season, it's been a blast. Uh, the team has really gelled, and I'm not going to say it's because of Uncle Steve's money, but I'm sure it has helped having a lot of depth, but also having a competent manager uh, in Buck Walter has helped tremendously. But if you would have told me that we would be as good as we are with Jacob DeGrom pitching exactly zero games and having uh, Max uh, Scherzer be on the disabled list, I've been like, you're crazy. But, you know, I'll take it. You know, everybody's hitting the ball really well. Um, although tonight we are getting smacked around by the Padres for the second day in a row. But, uh, no, it, it, it's been great. Um, you know, a veteran team, but it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they don't give up. And I haven't felt this way about a Mets team consistently since the second half of the 2015 season. And that's when they went to the World Series, right? Correct, yeah, after they assessed for this in the trade. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you guys are doing phenomenal. You're, what, 38 and 20, first place in the NL East. Uh, is that first overall in the National League as well? It is. Nice. So ahead of the yes. Dodgers. Um, Polar Bear, he's got 16 jacks already. He looks like rookie Pete Alonso, who mm-hmm. people had no answer for. He's doing great. Um, he leaves the team in hits as well overall. He's hitting 282 and... 54 RBIs already. That dude is raking. Uh-huh. Jeff McNeil hitting 311. Uh, Frankie Lindor. Let's talk about Frankie Lindor. Um, and I would love to hear you two speak about Francisco Lindor for completely different reasons. So what do you guys have to say about let's – let's set the table. So right now, Lindor has nine home runs, 45 RBIs. He's hitting 253. His OPS is 768 and a war of 1.6. It is not – the worst line that you can have as a highly paid player in this league, as we've seen, but it's also not the best. And you're in New York and there's a big contract that was paid and there are just expectations that need to be met. So where, where do we fall on, on Frankie right now? Go ahead, Doug. Okay. So (laughs) the biggest thing about playing in New York is that there are extremely high expectations that not every player is ever going to reach. And you're you're under a spotlight unlike any other city in the world. And so no matter what he does, people are still gonna say that he's gonna be overpaid. And and it, it just it just comes with the territory. What we're getting right now with Francisco Lindor, I'm not disappointed with whatsoever. Are we going to get what we what he was with Cleveland for those couple two years? I don't know and I don't think so, because he was otherworldly when he played for the Indians. Yeah, when we're talking somebody putting up war seasons of like almost nine and everything. So if you can consistently put up four or five war a year and play really great defense and just be basically the face of our franchise, I'm all for that. What do you say about him, Rob? Uh, 253 is, is the second lowest average that he's had, and the lowest one was last year at 230 with – um with the Mets. So, yeah, a lot of things have changed from Cleveland to now. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, and, and I don't know what's different, uh, but that like the two worst seasons of his career, almost including his, his rookie season was fairly short, but 
mm-hmm. basically his two worst seasons of his career were the last two years at New York. Uh, why that is, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a legitimate, like budding hall of famer with the, with the Indians. Um, so, I mean, I have my own, um, thoughts just like, you know, the bias of, of your hometown team, you know, you're, we are, have historically cheap owners, but uh, he wasn't even willing to engage in contract extension talks up until they traded him. Um, and I, I think they offered him more than what Jose Ramirez ended up signing for uh, with, I think, more seasons. So it's not like they were trying to necessarily lowball him. It wasn't going to be 300 million, but I don't think it was going to be 40 million either. Right. Uh, so you know, we, we've gotten used to, to building up players and then losing them to other teams. Uh, my frustration with, with that situation is more the return that they got for him. Uh, I think they could have gotten – I mean, the guys that they listed the year before at the trade deadline, we could have got from the Dodgers where, I mean, I think one of the prospects was better than anybody we got from the Mets. Uh, so, like, more of a disappointment of, of not capitalizing on that type of asset. If you know you can't re-sign them, like, I, I wish they would have got more for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it is a bit of a I mean just from an outsider's perspective I do think it is a bit of a disappointment if you go and sign for $300 million and then have your two worst seasons like are his worst right, seasons like, the worst regardless the league, of how though? good uh, yeah like uh, regardless of how good the seasons are if they're if they're the bottom like if they're the floor of what you're expected out of yourself then I guess you can you can argue that the value isn't there I get that yeah yeah and that's you know, he's, he set a pretty high bar. So, you know, even having average seasons, right. You know, if that's what you want for $30 million a year, then, or $34 million a year, whatever it is, you know, yeah, I mean, he was, okay. He was 30, 20 and hitting almost 300, right? 30 jacks, 20, 20 steals and, and hitting almost 300. That's yeah. That's a I mean, he combination was... of power contact and speed that he was. And then on top of that to be on probably slightly above to well above average defensive defensive player on the infield as well. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he was very, for like two and a half, three years, he was very Machado like, uh, which, you know, those guys aren't hard or aren't easy to find or grow or anything. So, you know, losing someone like that hurts obviously, but like I said, I, I, I think it wouldn't have stung as bad if, if we had someone that we got back that you were excited about. Um, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has something like a 450 OPS or something like that. Like, <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't even know that was possible. Like, well, that Jimenez dude is the is doing fairly well. I just happened to look at like a WAR total in the league, and uh, he's like 20th. I was like, oh, okay, well, well that's something. Let me see, where was he? Oh, 16th. So like, okay, you're giving us something, but that's the one thing that's come out of that trade so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. last year, Lindor did finish with 3.1 war, which is on the low side. But the first two months of the season, before Memorial Day, he was absolute trash. Whether he was just trying too hard, which can happen. I mean, you can look at somebody like Carlos Beltran. His first couple of months when he signed with the Mets back in 05 after coming off their ridiculous run with the Astros in the playoffs. And then once he got his feet underneath him, it turned out to be pretty good. I mean, not everybody can play in New York. And that's something that we... You know, we, we say like in jest, but it's the truth. You know, we've seen a lot better ballplayers just completely melt under the spotlight that the New York media does present. 
Yeah, and and like I said, that very well could be it. It, it could just be that he's uncomfortable playing there. But like, maybe know that before you sign for ten years and three hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> like, I don't know. That that seems like something that would be a concern. Um, I don't know. It's I, I've obviously harbored some some ill will towards it. Um, I you know I, I'm not upset when people get money. You know I don't think he should have signed for less uh, necessarily. Like I'm not mad at him because he wanted more money. Um, I am mad that he never really gave the Indians a chance at the time when they did everything they could for him. Uh, that's but when, stuff but when your up. owner comes out and says straight out, enjoy him when you, while you can, you know, that's going to put you less likely to want to resign with the team. Well, no, because he's not talking to Frankie Lindor. He, he was talking to, oh, I'm sorry, Francisco Lindor. He, as soon as he left, you can't call him Frankie anymore. Um, he's not saying that to him. He's just saying, I don't know if we can meet his price tag, but if you're not willing to engage in conversation, then I don't know how you ever really know that. I mean, I guess they, again, and I don't know who his agent is, but if you know, you're not getting 300 million from the Indians, then maybe that's just your stopping point. Like I know I can get more somewhere else. Right. Fair enough. That's really, that's the name of the game at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be in someone else's pockets. I, I do try to avoid that. Even with my bias, I still don't want to be in someone else's pockets. I'm not going to be mad at him for, for signing for more money. I just, I would have given them a chance, and then I would have gotten more. I would have traded him to the Dodgers the year before if, if they knew they weren't going to re-sign him. That would have yeah. been my move. Because I think Dustin May and that uh, that second baseman that they have, I think those two were on the table. Yeah, looks- yeah plus other stuff. Like, those two dudes would have been better than anyone we got from the Mets, like, by far. So. I agree. Yeah. And, but we could also look at from the, from the perspective of the Mets. Like, if the Mets were still under the previous uh, Wilpon regime, the trade would have never happened, and we would have never gotten Lindor to begin with. So, he would have gotten Oh, no. He would have no. been – he would have still been in New York on the Yankees, or he'd be in L.A. Yeah. No, yeah, he'd be in L.A. He'd be in L.A. for sure. Just they, – they must have assumed that we're going to try to win a World Series – I think we bombed out in like three or five games in the first round of the playoffs or lost the wild card or something. So I didn't even do anything. I just, I didn't get the point of keeping him. I really didn't understand that, but you know, right. whatever. Well, so the Mets are 30 and 20, seven game, seven and a half game lead in the division. They have a one game lead over the Dodgers for the best record in the national league so far. Let's see how that goes. Uh, let's move on. To the Guardians, the yes. Guardians are—I mean, they're not terrible. Twenty-five and twenty-six, so just under five hundred, four and a half out of the division behind the Twins. But you're only do, 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 a game and a half out of the last wild card spot behind the entire American League East. Tampa, Toronto, <laughs> and Boston have the top three wild card spots, and then uh, the Cleveland Guardians, right there, nip it on their heels at a game and a half back. Uh, what do you have to say about your squad, sir? What do you know about them? What do you like about them? Uh, I mean, we we get kept in our games because of, of the pitching. I mean, that's that's really all we have to lean back on right now. And, and a lot of them have been struggling anyway. Uh, I know Bieber, Bieber's back, but his, his velocity, like we were talking about at the beginning of the year, his velocity is down a little bit from what it, it has been. Uh, but he's still been pitching really well. Um, let me just look at some yeah, of this to make sure I'm not seeing it. Today, or well, oh no, oh, he got pulled from the game today. He went four and a third 
but no runs, six Ks. So they're in the eighth inning. Yeah, they're um, up four nothing, right? Yeah, I don't know why they pulled him so soon though. Yeah, That's yeah. concerning. That's they they he's been doing that a lot this year though. Tito Tito, I don't know how many times. I mean, Beaver and and Cal Quantrell have the most quality starts at seven, even though they both have ERAs in the threes. Uh, they just they they haven't been letting them go very far. I mean, they do average six innings per per outing, but it's not. You know, I think Beaver was closer to seven or eight before. Uh, so they really have three decent starters: McKenzie, uh, Quantrell, and and Bieber. Those guys have been keeping them in it. Uh, back end of the bullpen's been okay. Uh, relievers have been okay, uh, and we really only have it at the major league level. We really only have like four legitimate position players. Everybody else is interchangeable, replacement level crap. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of expect them with their pitching to sort of hover around. Um, Hover around 500. You know, it would probably end the season with like 78 wins or something like that. It'd be like 78 and 82 somewhere or 84, 86. Got to get my math right. Uh, somewhere in there, just because, you know, they have an injury to one or two of those frontline starters and they're sort of done. Um, you think you make the playoffs? No, there's seven teams this year. Uh, maybe. It's a tight knit group, right? You've got the AL East in front. So Tampa and Toronto have four games up on the third spot. You're a game and a half behind Boston for the third spot. Only yeah. a half a game up on the White Sox. A game up on the Angels and the Rangers. Two games up on the Mariners. Like this is a tight little group here, really competing for almost one spot if they keep letting Tampa and Toronto run away with those first two. Yeah, and I I, I have not seen anything on this, but just from the alerts that I've gotten over the first couple months. I would be willing to bet that we have the least amount of games played because we've had like, I think two days ago was the eighth or ninth postponement so far this year. Um, they may have made one or two of those up already. Just, you know, if they're against division opponents, they may have already had the double headers, but odds are the second half of their season is going to be jam packed with like. Some uh, double headers. Yeah. Like 90 games in the last three months or something like that. Yeah. You guys so, have played 51 games. Um Tampa, for instance, has played 53 games. Toronto, 53 games. Um, Boston has played 56 games. So not as bad as I thought. No, you're only – I mean, you're a few games off of – off of the pace with Boston. I guess they just haven't had any any postponements in Boston. But everybody else is only a couple games, like 200 games. But that – chances are you would see a couple doubleheaders, but maybe it's not going to be as harsh as, as you're anticipating. That's good. That's good. Because, yeah, I, I, I was looking at numbers before. I was like, oh, God, we've played so much less games than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, well, like the Angels have played 57 compared to our 51. You know, more yeah. teams, they, you know, the further down the list you go, you're like, ooh, Mariners have played 57. We've played 51. Like, there's, there's going to be – either you're going to make up a gap real quickly because you have two games or, you know, you might have a week with eight or nine games or you're going to dig yourself be out. real fast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, I don't know. Indeed. We'll we'll see. Uh, we do have a lot of guys that could be graduating to the majors, uh, position players, middle infielders specifically. Um, so you know, we might have a little bit of a second half boost from some of the younger guys, but we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. All right, let's see how it goes for the newly minted Cleveland Guardians. Well, I should I should at least mention that Jose Ramirez has become like a legitimate MVP candidate, like. 
this is like the third or fourth year in a row where he's like at the top of the league in, in pretty much everything, including uh, fielding. So can't go the whole thing without at least mentioning that he, guy. He's easily the most underrated player in Major League Baseball. I would say so because we just talked for seven minutes about this team and didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and I mean, I, I love the guy. Uh, I read a stat the other day that he's he's the only player in baseball with a – let's see if I can say this stat correctly. Um, his swing and miss percentage has been above 90% for the last six years in a row, and he's the only player in baseball to like have that. a ridiculously that. natural hitter. Yeah, right? like he just he just doesn't hit. swing and miss. Yeah, it's, uh, right. he's putting balls in play constantly, and you're just good things happen when, when you do that. So He's hitting 280 this year with 14 home runs, 53 RBIs. And a 994 OPS. So that's the third best OPS in the league, second most RBIs in the league, fifth most home runs while hitting 280. Yeah. And in all all honesty and no offense, in a lineup without protection. Mm hmm. So that's no offense offense taken at all. Yeah. Like there's nobody to protect him in that lineup. Like, Like this guy here in the past six seasons has finished third, third, second, and sixth in MVP voting. In yeah. four different seasons. Yes. Yeah. But you couldn't pick him out of a lineup if you said, you know, show me who he is. And that's that's crazy. But right. that well, also points out a huge flaw that baseball has, if not marketing their stars properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's you know, I, I complain about this to you guys a lot, but it's it's market-driven. I mean, you, you throw say, Jose Ramirez is, on the Red Sox. Of the yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just as good as Rafael Davis, if not better. But, I mean, I assume Ramirez won't even start in the All-Star game because Devers is going to start. No, man. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> we, we wait until the, until the stuff's done. He'll, he'll finish second or third in the MVP because the writers know who he is. But he won't even start in the All-Star game. I, I, I almost guarantee you. That's just, I mean, it goes to what Doug said. That's, that's terrible marketing. You don't, you don't play in New York or Boston or L.A. And nobody knows who you are. It's just yeah. it's what but it is. Also, also, at the same time, the All Stars don't necessarily mean anything because the 2021 NL MVP didn't even make the All Star team last year. No, no, they don't mean anything. I, I agree, but it's just it's still. I mean that <laughs> that sort of still supports what you're saying. You're not marketing your people. Like fans didn't know a guy who was on pace to be the MVP. Like or, like seriously. I mean, nah, that's, that was a fluke situation because that is one of the few names that is well-known and more more identifiable than most. Uh, and he just had a shit first half and then fucking raked in the second half. So I'm not going to do that to the fans either. No. Like, but we know who Bryce Harper it, is. We do, but what is, is, Bryce Harper, is Bryce Harper more famous or infamous? Yeah, well, and I, I bet you there's a good percentage of fans that know who Bryce Harper is but couldn't tell you what team he plays for. But they can tell you what team he's played for. And, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's the it's same been three color years. in the same division. Oh, I, can, I see. <laughs> I can see how that can be an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all. I mean, it's, that's like, I'm just trying to support what Doug said. That's a marketing issue. That's, no, I get it. I get somebody it. changes just, teams in the NBA, they make a big deal out of it. And <sighs> there's no real nothing I can really say to that because he changed no. teams within the division and, and signed a huge contract in the process and it still wasn't like groundbreaking news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but they're just, 
that's something if they want the sport to recover and get to the point where the NBA and the NFL are in the national eyes, they, they have to do something about the recognition of the players that don't play in those three cities. Once they do that, then the even the for the ones that do, I mean, like any run of the mill person doesn't doesn't know who Shohei Otani is. And to a baseball fan, Shohei Otani right now is like the one of the most intriguing things that the sport has seen in a very long time. Oh, like absolutely. Can, and like, the, but nobody's gonna know who the fuck he is, like because Mike Trout has been the best player in the league for a decade. Well, and, and, and let's be honest, no matter how many times they try to change the name, the Angels aren't really in L.A. Like, I mean, Anaheim, I, listen, man, I've been there, and I live in Kendall, and I say I'm from Miami, and that's the same commute from Anaheim to L.A. So if they oh, I agree. LA, like, I'm I with agree. You. I agree. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shunning them. I'm just saying there's no way the Angels are going to get the recognition as the Dodgers. Like, there's just no way. But that's just got to go with – having to compete against the history and not having anything. You've got uh, that one World Series to stand on where the Dodgers have this, but they've got everything from the 80s. And it's, they've, I don't know, you just, that's a really hard franchise to be pitted up against in your own city. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be one team that always plays in the shadow of another team when they're in a um, sure. dual market, you know? New I don't know. You know about that. The Yankees. I mean, New York. Will but like, be do you down. do you really feel that with the Mets and the Yankees? Because even when the Mets are down, like Mets representation is out there and strong. And that oh. the Angels, even when they're up, their representation isn't out there. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. Tend, I don't really it's also, agree so, with that it's also Southern California. No, but like it's Southern California. Southern California fans are almost as bad as Miami fans. Yeah, well, they, they, yeah, they love you when you're winning. To winners. Yeah. yeah, there's stuff to do, and and they're transient. That's that's how it goes. Right. But the White Sox will always pale in comparison to the Cubs. The, the Mets will always oh, yeah. be in the shadow of the Yankees. You know, and then the Angels are always going to be in the uh, shadow of the um, Dodgers. That's just how it right. goes. You know? Right. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's, um, that's where we are with that. After that um, fun, let's talk about the Marlins. <laughs> the Marlins, baby. So remember we mentioned that team at the bottom? Hey, surprise, surprise. We're not that <laughs> bad. We are, we're 25 and 29 now. We just had a walk-off win. Uh, against the lowly Nationals, we've taken two from. We scored twelve runs last night, and then today we took ten innings to score two. Um, the game of baseball, right? It was the same lineup, but we are. We have the National League Cy Young winner on our team currently. He went nine innings tonight, no runs, uh, six hits, and got a no decision because we can't give him any goddamn run support in Sandy Alcantara. He is. I mean, he is the brightest of bright spots for this team right now. I am every time he pitches, it's like you have to watch this dude throw. Uh, what are we doing? Where is he at right now? I want to see. I want to do justice and give him. Well, he's got six wins. He's hit. He's one sixty-one ERA, seventy-seven strikeouts uh, in nine nine quality starts out of twelve games started. Six and two, eighty-three innings. Yeah, that's in really good. That's and only twenty-four walks. So, what's his K to walk ratio? Eight point three. So not one per inning quite, but uh, oh, no, he's got Kate, less than – Strikeouts per walks. You oh, his whip. No, yeah. oh, no, no, no. No. The, the, well, no, no. Walks and hits per inning is what I was looking at. But no, yeah, walks it's like, per – It's like it's three to one. Per K, it's, it's 77 to 24. So, yeah, it's almost oh, yeah, three to right one. Right around three to one. Yeah, it is just really... around three to one, yeah. Yeah, that's more than three to one. That's great. Yeah. So 
He's doing, I mean, the, the war of 2.8 is great. Pablo Lopez with a war of 2.6. He's got 67 Ks in 66 innings, so he's at 9.1. 17 walks there, so an even better ratio. Um, only four wins, but that's got more to do with run support than his performance. So Clearly. we've got two really, really great pitching performances going on this year. Um, and we have the bright spot of Jazz, man. I love this kid. He's got... He's leading the lead, he's leading the, the team in RBIs with 37, which is actually pretty decent on a league comparison. Um, seven home runs. He had a grand slam last night. He had a two-run homer last night as well, so two home runs in that one. He's got uh, nine stolen bases as well. So he's he's on his way to a 2020 season, which would be awesome for a middle infielder. Um, and then, I mean, Jorge Soler, 12 home runs, 29 RBIs. After Jazz on the offensive side, it's not there's nothing – Amazing. We signed Avisel Garcia, and that's been a bust so far. Maybe that can turn around soon. Solaire is not hitting high for average, but he's making him count, bro. He's got 12 jacks. He's, he's getting some RBIs. He's um, not the World Series MVP that we saw last year with Atlanta, but it's something. We are forever games behind the Mets because they're just doing so well, but we're only five games out of that last wild card spot with a lot of time left to play, so I don't know if the pitching can keep up. Maybe Trevor Rogers can remove his skull from his anus and get <laughs> some semblance of the performance he gave us last year, because uh, he's been like a real down spot. Like man, he's given up six or seven runs in multiple starts this season. Just something that he didn't do last year. He's not striking people out like he did last year. Um, so I'm hoping it's just a sophomore slump, and they got because they got film on him, and he's going to be able to make adjustments. Uh, that all goes down to how well our pitching coaching is, and I have no idea what to say to that. But if they got, they're got doing this with Sandy and Pablo Lopez, I mean, maybe there's something to work with there. So let's see, man. I hope we can make one of those playoff spots. I'm not going to hold my breath, but let's go fish. Yeah. I have nothing negative to pile on. I, I do think – I think you guys are in a similar position as us. If you can get a third starter and – uh and maybe someone from the minors comes up the second half of the season, and and they have a you know breakout half of the of the year uh, on the offensive side. I think I think you could squeak in there. I think that's sort of what happened. That you guys made the playoffs in the shortened season, is mm. you just had some guys surprise and sort of go from Brian there. Anderson. Hopefully, maybe. same stuff. Is, that was is the he, Brian Anderson season. Is he doing anything? Is he even on your he's, team anymore? Uh, he is. He's on our team. He starts for us at third base. He's hitting two seventy. Six home runs, 43 total bases, 16. What, how many RBIs? Six RBIs only. Jesus Christ. Six. No, it's two home runs and six RBIs. So he's just hitting for average. He's hitting 270. So he's getting on base. Six RBIs in 32 games? Yeah, man. Um, That's hard he, to do. He's, he's not. He's at the bottom of the lineup because of because of the power. Like, in the middle of the lineup, we've got Soler, Aguilar, Cooper, Garcia, Jesus Sanchez, and then – him, Rojas, and Stallings kind of rounded out at the bottom. So he scored 21 runs, right, because he's getting on base with that 270, and then it wraps back around to the top of the lineup. So they're pushing him in. So he's scoring runs, but when he's going up to bat, I mean, unless he's hitting a home run, there's nobody to drive in in front of him with Rojas or one of the other guys who maybe drove cleared the bases, and then they're not just getting drove in. Um, so it's it's weird. He's not – like, it's not terrible, right, because his OPS is 784, considering you're not – really known to hit for power. Like I can I can live with you hitting having, you know, a seven hundred plus OPS and you're hitting seventh or eighth in my lineup. Um but 
Yeah, I mean, it seems hard to do. He was like fifth in the lineup that season because there wasn't anybody else to pile in the middle of it, and he was getting all the – I mean, he did hit more home runs that year, but he was driving in a lot more runs just because of where he was situated in the lineup. And his average was about the same as what it is now. Now it's just positionally where he is. He's he's hitting the same, but the situations are just different, and the results like you don't getting you're not getting these counting stats as much um, as anything else. So I mean, whatever. He's a solid major league position player that you can put in your lineup and not really like worry about him dragging you down. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Miguel Rojas is uh, another one. Just consistency. He's, well, 225, but that's pretty consistent for him. He's scored 17 runs, too. That's it, man. Just try to get on base and hope that the people who you are paying a little bit of money to when it wraps around, like in, with Aguilar and with Soler and, and all these people, that they, they can push you in. Perfect. Let's see. Let's see. All right, so now that we've talked about our teams, let's, while I make myself my next cocktail... Um, well, you can, you can tell you went inside. The Dow the Mets has started already. They're down six to nothing to the Padres. So this Perfect. is the beginning of the end. Perfect. <laughs> it's like ice skating, and you know you're going to fall through the thin ice at some point. You just don't know when. Yeah, that is life of a Mets fan. Yeah, I, I sort of figured you went inside because the 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 fourth guest, the cricket, disappeared for a little bit. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But um, <laughs> with two sleeping children upstairs, I cannot stay inside much longer because my voice right, carries right. and yeah, that's how it is. But I'm making a drink, so we're inside for the moment. Perfect. Let's um, let's switch gears a little bit then. Let's talk about just who's doing well overall. It, there's a very obvious team to talk about because even when they do bad, it's somebody that everybody talks about. So now that they are taking the league by storm, we have to talk about them. The New York Yankees. So they're just having a perfect storm of pitching, of offense, of everything that you can possibly want. And it's a team that the people talk shit about the most, right? Because for their, them, and well, lately it's been the Dodgers, but it's all about you can't buy championships and look how many World Series you've won with all these millions and billions of dollars you've spent. Right? They've won one since 2004. Nine. No. They well, won in 09. They won in 09. That's the one. But the one before that, I think 02 was maybe the last one. So one World Series. No, no, no. 2001 years. Was it 2000? They beat the Mets. Yeah, they beat the Mets in 2000. And then they lost. The and then Arizona beat them in 01. Oh, and then, the, and then the Angels won in 02. Marlins. Right, so since 2000. Yep. So one World Series in 22 years. But they still spend a gajillion dollars every year. They, they do. They make the playoffs here and there. But they disappoint their fans all the time. So let's talk about what they're doing this year. I mean, I'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Judge is a legitimate MVP candidate. He is proving his worth in terms of somebody to keep in that outfield, somebody to – they're going to have to give him whatever the fuck he wants after this season. They came into the season playing this game of let's wait and see and – We'll bet that you don't have the best season and we can lowball you. And this dude is having so far the year of his life. Um, yeah, can I again, say something I wanna... real quick? Yeah, go for it. He, I don't think he's going to resign there. I, he might not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he is. 
I really think that San Francisco stuff is real. That would be. Where's he from? Is he a Cali boy? Yeah. Huh. That's super interesting because I would love to see something like that happen. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's see. I want to. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he was born in California, and he went to Fresno yeah. State. So yeah, he's New York. He's a California guy. Okay, he's hitting three eleven. He leads the league in home runs at twenty two, forty five RBIs, a ten fifty eight OPS. He is mashing, mashing the ball. Um, what else? What else stands out? He's still he scored forty six runs. Christ, he's pushed himself across twenty two times. So yeah, forty five RBIs. He's walked twenty six times with sixty one strikeouts. So you're still striking out a bit more than than I'd like. But he's got a three point oh WAR, and we are at the beginning of June already. Uh, and again, for those who don't know WAR, that is a like real time stat that counts as you move along. So to already be at three is fucking monstrous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's fifth in the league in war uh, so far, at least on the offensive side. I'm going to grab some ice, so I'm going to put my mic away from that so you all don't hear that. So you keep talking to me, and I will be right back. So, interesting question, though. So, say the Yankees don't resign him. Say he does go to San Francisco. What's the realistic contract for someone who just turned 30 with the current economic standing of how baseball players are now viewed as after turning 30? Uh, I think if you're going to steal him away from New York, then it, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can start anything less than 10 and 30 or 300 million. I don't, I don't think you could go smaller than that. I mean, you're not going to get him out of New York by lowballing him. So I think, I think that's sort of where you got to start at. This is true, but the simple fact that he's on the negative side of 30 now kind of hurts him tremendously. As far as like a, a mega long deal, like because I don't think any team is going to want to spend that much money on someone who physically might break down. Because I mean, if you look at him, he's an, an opposing man, but larger baseball players like that tend to break down a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I just and he's had a little bit of an injury record already. Yeah, for sure. I just still I don't I don't know that you're going to get him out of New York and and sit, you know get him for a deal. You're, you're not you're not going to get a discount. Oh, there will be no deal to be had. No, no, there will be yeah. no deal. Yeah. W- will the contract look great when he's forty? No, of course not. Of course not. But uh, you know you're you're counting on that first five years of the deal, and then you're just going right. to eat the second five. I mean that's how it's going right. to go. Yeah, but that's teams aren't teams are willing to do that anymore. That is not true. That is no, not I think true. teams, teams like San Francisco. Contract. Yeah, I think teams like San Francisco are because they'll they have no problem with money out there. They'll get money. I mean, they can charge whatever they want for their ballpark. They they charge. I mean, the Warriors got some crazy local TV deal, and the Giants one is just as good or better. I mean, it, they they have they're not hurting for cash. We'll put it that way. So I mean, that's but somehow somehow the A's are like wallowing in a pit of despair. Which is fascinating because it's spread right yeah. across the uh, the bay. Well, right. the Giants have three World Series titles in the last twelve seasons. They did three and five. That's kind of how you're going to build a loyal, well-paying fan base if you want to do it. You had a generational star with Buster Posey there, who who was through it the whole way through, and I mean the A's have 
nothing of the sort to show for that. They had the fluke of the money ball stuff, who would, which what resulted in at best a second round appearance in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't uh, even know if they made it that far. And yeah, it might have just been a, a first, like so. That's why, like, it's it's not that's not market related. That's direct results to your uh, to your results. Yeah, well, their results and uh, the city and ownership's willingness to put a better stadium there. I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking. I, about I the still Las like Vegas to call A's it now. Right, right. I still like to call him uh, or call it Pac Bell, but Pac Bell is like a gem. I mean, that is that that is probably. I mean, I've been to PNC Park and I've been to Pac Bell. It's just as good as PNC. Oh, you talking about? AT, I mean, it's, no, AT and It's called the Oracle Park now, right? Now it is. Yeah, the, when it was built, it was Pac Bell. I still call it AT and T. That's the one that oh, stuck with me. There you go. AT <laughs> and yeah. not I just when I visited, it was AT and T Stadium. So there you go. I didn't get yeah, to see it, it, in there, but I was able to, to like walk around and check out the plaques and stuff like that. Yeah, we we saw a game there when it was AT and T, and and I mean, it was the first time Barry Bonds was back in the stadium, so he was on the field before uh, the game started. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome atmosphere. Um, and that was just like a mundane game at the beginning of August. You know, it wasn't – and I think they sucked, too, at the time. We were playing the Diamondbacks or something. They were both terrible. But it doesn't matter. They'll still sell out on a Wednesday night because it's right. in downtown San Francisco, and it's beautiful. Yep. It is so, really nice place to go. But yeah. let's see if um, Farron Judge ends up there. I mean, that team is not far off. I mean, they made – was it the – NLCS last year? No, they lost in they, – they matched up against the Dodgers early. Um, yeah. But they were a great team last year. Uh, this kid, Logan Webb, that they have pitching for him is, is decent. Like, that's a team that you put an Aaron Judge on, and it's like, oh, man, this really kind of changes the ceiling for this squad on something that was already pretty positive. So that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. So who else is out there that um, – we want to give honorable mention to before we go down our kind of uh, all-star situation. I got one. I, uh, I was looking through who we were talking about Aaron judge and his war so far. What a great year he's having. Uh, the best war in baseball is Manny Machado. So, but I think, I think we got to mention that one at least uh, Machado's had a pretty awesome season so far. Uh, here, let me, let me get it up here. 14 doubles, nine home runs, 34 RBIs, uh, 933 OPS, and he's batting 325 uh, with a 3.2 WAR. So he's he's leading baseball in that statistic, and just you know solid or or great in everything else uh, while playing Gold Glove defense on thir- at third base. So I think he's the front runner for the NL MVP right now, and then I'm sure he'll be mentioned when we go through our All Star Game stuff. Definitely. And the Padres, despite not having uh, Tatis yet, are hanging in there. They yeah. are two games behind the Dodgers. There you go. I don't want to quote the exact names of the games. I didn't see it, but um, they're only going to get better when this kid gets back because another one that's one of the most electric players in the league, fun to watch, fun to see. Um I'm all for, like, bat flips and shit like that. And so he's one of them in. Acuna, Jazz. Like, those are guys that I want to see out there just having fun. And they make it fun to watch this game. So you know, the sooner he gets back, the better for the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, I love I love me some Fernando Tatis. 
I can't believe he saved the damn motorcycles. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that the White Sox traded him for James Shield at like 37. Crazy, right? A 17-year-old who's turned into this. Yeah. Wild. Incredible. So, let's go and turn our attention to some more individual play. And let's see who we would name to our all-star team. So, easiest way for us to do this and uh, just recommendation for you guys. I'm on the on the ballot right now on MLB.com. Yeah, same. Um, so, you see, you at least see, you know, what, uh, what some of these people are doing. So, let's start with first base. We'll start with the National League. Um, I, I think we're probably going to be in unison on this one, so I'll let Doug pick who you're going to go with first base in the National League right now. So, actually, as much as I want to say Alonzo, I got to go with Paul Goldschmidt from the Cardinals. He's just having just a better overall all-around season. It pains me to say that, but no homer bias here. Concur. Huh. That would have been my choice. Really? See, I, I, I look at it, and I I don't know what it is. I just like Alonzo more. There, it's not a negligible difference in what Goldschmidt is doing. He's got a much better OPS, a couple more um, RBIs. No, he doesn't even have more RBIs or home runs, but he's hitting much better. He's hitting 341. I'm going to go with Alonzo. I voted for Alonzo. I, I will stick to Alonzo. I, I don't know. There's something. And, again, I'm not a super Mets guy, but I really like yeah. the polar bear. So. He's a former Gator, too, so there's a little bit oh, of he is. Here. He is. And, you know, that's what I knew there was a reason that I liked him. I just couldn't remember it right now. So, I will stick with uh, Petey Boy there. So, I'm going to take the Polar Bear, and you guys will stick to, to Goldschmidt, which is not a bad pick at all. It's actually probably the most logical one. But um, so I'll go with Alonzo. What about the American League? Uh, quick quick question before we move on. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys consider to be the most important offensive statistic? I look at it. Oh, yes. <sighs> yeah. I'm still okay. – a bit of a sucker for average because anything can happen once you get on base, right? You're either driving okay. somebody in if you're getting the hit or you're putting yourself on base and, and putting your team in a position to succeed. Uh, so maybe on base percentage, but I, I really do enjoy average because that means you're also trying to do some damage while you're at the plate. I was hoping you would say that just so I could contradict you real quick. Uh, Goldschmidt <laughs> leads the National League in, in OPS, and he has a better average, average. than Alonzo. Yeah, oh, so- I know he does. So you just like Alonzo no, because totally you Alonzo. So continue. I just do. wanted to point that out. I mean, okay, fine. But if we want to have if we want to have the fan voting argument of it, the counting stats are better for Alonzo in both home runs, which is what the generic person is going to look at, and then RBIs, which again does point at productivity when they and they do bat in basically the same spot in the lineup, um, with about the same protection around them because you know, yeah, Alonzo's got Lindor and. McNeil's been hitting well, but this Goldschmidt's got Arenado now with him, so it's not like he's right. out in a desert. So, like, yes, there, there's there's the analytical side that definitely points at Goldschmidt. The counting side points at just mashing. This, I mean, polar bear. I don't know what else you need. No, it's, that's just what he is. He's going to mash. Um, so, yeah, I, I get it. I, I'm very confident that they're both going to make this team. Yeah. Yeah, they will, for sure. So, let's see. What about uh, American League? Do you want to stick in the same league for for the whole thing and then switch over, or you want to you do want to, okay? You want to do the whole you want to do the league, or you want to do position wise. Yeah, uh, it's do, easier than switching back and forth if you don't mind. Okay, we can do the league. We can do the league. So, 
Let's move to second base in the National League. Um, I'll let you go ahead, Rob. Uh, so statistically, because, again, I don't watch as many games as I'm sure you guys do, uh, the kid from St. Louis, Edmund, looks like he'd be the, the best choice. Uh, he is tied with Manny Machado for the most offensive war in baseball. Um, so I, I don't know how that isn't the best second baseman. He's, he is listed as a shortstop um, for this ballot. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. His only position online is second base. That's interesting. He is, he is only listed at shortstop. For second base, for some reason, the Cardinals only have listed uh, Nolan Gorman, who is a rookie call-up. Dude's going to be a stud, but he's only been up for like two weeks. Um, I guess because the balloting came out today, they just took who's starting at these positions today, which is how Edmund probably ended up at shortstop. But, yeah, they've got a list of a shortstop here, and Nolan Gorman is the second baseman for the Cardinals on this ballot. That's ridiculous. Okay. Well, then I retract, and I will change my answer to Jazz Chisholm. Awesome. I'm going with Jazz as well for obvious reasons, but 10 home runs, 37 RBIs, nine stolen bases already. Uh, 1.9 war, which for a second-year player uh, in this lineup, which is not awesome, and he's leading off for us, is – I mean, I love it. I love this kid. I really do. Yep. Like this Nine one, Chaz. There you go. Nice. Our first unanimous choice is a Marlins game. His Greek game is sick. Oh, and the hair, too, if we're going to go there. The hair is, yeah. is something that I look forward to seeing how he changes all the time. Um, all right, cool. So we've got – we'll go by majority. So we got Goldschmidt at first, Jazz at second. Let's go to third base. Um, I'll start this one off. I am going to go with Manny Machado. This one's pretty obvious. I think that we are all going to agree on that. But, yep, 330, 936, 948 OPS. It's um, – like we said, he's probably one of the front runners right now in MVP, along with Goldschmidt. Um, so I think he should be our starting third baseman. Yep. Arenado started. Yeah, Arenado started off really hot, but he's cooled off. So yeah, I'm definitely yep. going with Machado. All right, uh, Doug. Let's go back to you, and we'll do shortstop. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going totally homer here. I'm going Lindor. Lindor with a 761 OPS. Okay. <laughs> Well, if they change change that Edmund dude to to shortstop, then I would go with him. I'm still not thinking him, but okay. And that's it. And that's he. So he's hitting 279. This Edmund kid, five home runs, 23 RBIs, 774 OPS. Um, Obviously, good numbers. But if we're gonna, if he's gonna get grouped at shortstop in the National League, he's unfortunately not gonna win this. I'm going with Trey Turner. He's hitting over 300, seven home runs, 45 RBIs, 839 OPS. I am curious to see what he has in a stolen base because I know he does that uh, pretty well too, and I think that that would solidify being, him being the pick. Uh, Dodgers are playing. Who they're playing? You guys? Oh no, they played the White Sox. So just to be annoying, Turner's sixth in in the National League in WAR for shortstops. Okay, but again, this is not. This is fan voting, and they're going to look at different. Sure. Well, in that case, then we'll, we just put all Dodgers and and uh, and Mets in there. 
I don't think that that's necessarily the case either, though. Uh, but no. war or not, Mets like, fans are a lot more intelligent than that. Come on, three hundred three, seven forty five, <laughs> and an eight thirty eight OPS is not anything to to shit on. I mean, sure, he's got. Oh, I'm not shitting on him. I like Trey Turner. He's a good player. Of stolen bases, so he's he's on pace for probably a twenty thirty season. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how the war is only at one point four with these numbers. To be honest, I'm I'm looking at it, and all of his counting stats across the board are above average. So that's kind of weird, uh, and it's, it's that's probably got to do with the lineup that he's hitting in too, because that affects what you're going to put up. I would assume it could, but he's, going... I think he's like third or fourth in the National League and runs batted in, so it's not like he's not getting opportunities. I mean, and he's cashing them in then, exactly. So why is his war so low? That's weird. I have no idea. That is weird. That is weird because that everything else contradicts that. To be honest, and I'm surprised that that's what it was. You kind of really did catch me off guard with that one. Yeah, I mean he's um, below Lindor. Lindor's like third or fourth, and and Turner's kind of sixth. Nice. Are are yeah. they taking defensive war into consideration? I doubt it. I'm uh, looking at offensive stats. Yeah, I'm looking at a, at a stat line of only offensive numbers. I, I doubt that they're including your defensive. Yeah, I Look, don't these are so. all. I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at. Literally, it's called batting stats, like career batting. So I'm not. I don't think that they're incorporating any of that stuff. Yeah. Fielding. I mean, if we want to look at it, defensive WAR is negative point oh one. So oh, I'm sorry, point one oh. So he's basically a wash on defense. Yeah. Negative point one. Um. And what do we say? One point eight on the offensive side. So even if that's one point nine, that's still. Well, 1.4. Is that what it was? Yeah. 1.4. So then let's say it was maybe 1.5. That's still terribly low and easily the lowest of his career other than his yeah. season, but he played like 20 games, 27. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going with Trey. You guys uh, take your pick there. Is, um, was I the first one on that one? No, you're the third. Okay, so who did you guys take then? Uh, Edmund and, and yeah, and Edmund. All right, so we don't have a majority winner there, so we don't. We've got we've got everybody at third base. Uh, I'm sorry, at shortstop in the National League. So awesome. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go, catcher. Catcher uh, Doug, lead us off. Harris from the Cubs. I mean, my anytime the catcher puts up a 930 OPS, it's kind of hard to remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna take Contreras. There you go. We'll put the cubby. We'll put the cubby at at, at the plate uh, or behind the plate, and we'll go from there. Yeah. All right. So He's outfield, be... outfields. Uh huh. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm saying Contreras is gonna be a big uh, piece. Come. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be the season the Cubs. Absolutely. All right. So outfield, we are picking three players. Um, all three at once, or. One, two, three yeah. across the board. Okay, yeah, all three at once. Yeah. Go for it, Rob. Uh, I'm going to go with Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper. Mm, okay. I'm going to go with Soto, Betts, and I'm going to put Cunha in. Who? Cunha's got a uh, Ronald oh, okay. Cunha. 
He's got a 929 okay. OPS. I know he hasn't played all season, but a 929 OPS and a 318 um, average. So he's been making an impact and he's getting on base and he's putting the ball in play since he's got back. So I'll go Cunha, Soto, and Mookie. Okay. Douglas? All right. For me, Mookie Betts is a no-brainer. Um, a big surprise is actually going to be Josh Peterson because he's just been, like, ripping the ball incredibly large yeah, for the uh, he's, uh, for the yeah, Giants. He's got homers and RBIs for sure. He's got OPS. And then my third. So are we basing this upon what their track record is or just how? Totally up to well, you. It uh, is totally up to you, but we are selecting all-stars for the 2022 season. That's also yeah. true. And then for my third guy. I gotta go with um Why is Bryce Harper not on the ballot? He's he might be on oh, as a DH. No, he's listed as a DH, okay. That's yeah. Okay. Um yeah. yeah, so um I'm gonna actually probably yeah, I'll go with Juan Soto. Only because we just know by the end of the season. He's going to be, yeah, have a 450 on base percentage and just, you know, be the one so that we know. Cool. So, Soto and Betts, unanimous. And then the third spot, we had Acuna. We had um, Peterson. Harper. And yeah, Harper. Harper. Well, Harper's just is a DH, man. So, why don't you stub that pick in? Ugh. Okay. Uh, if we're going to do that, then I'm going to go with Jerickson Profar. The Jerickson Profar is the citizen outfielder. And, okay, um, weird flex to go with him over Acuna, but <laughs> he's had a good team. 250, seven home runs, 31 RBIs, 767 um, OPS for comparison in less games because he was hurt. Acuna has a 318 uh, average with five home runs, 15 RBIs, and a 929 OPS. But Jerickson Profar it is. Uh, so that's cool. All right. So there you go. Unanimous Betts and uh, Soto. Soto, yeah. And then Acuna, Peterson, and Profar round up our third picks for that spot. So last two spots that we'll talk about for the National League. DH. So DH is, is interesting. Um, let's see. I mean, it's Bryce Harper, right? It's Harper. Yeah, it's got to be. So. Because your other choice is like Arnado. No, he's so probably he's, not listed as a DH, but that would be your not, other. He's not, Does I'm it have gonna, to be I'm guys that are, the, are, are dudes I'm actually go, listed yes, at DH? I'm gonna, I'm, yes, I'm going to go by the, um, yeah, like Nelson Cruz hasn't played a day in the outfield. He's, he's only a DH. Um, I'm going to go by what the rules are on this ballot because this is where you are actually voting. Hear me out on this. It's, he's been the most disres- he's been the most disrespected player in baseball this year. And I know that a few minutes ago you asked if we're talking about track record or this season, and my answer kind of contradicted what this is going to be. But I'm going with Albert Pujols. Oh Albert Pujols should absolutely start this game as a designated hitter. The fact that Albert Pujols is not having a farewell tour 
Manny Machado came out and said it today, and I was like, man, you know, he's absolutely right. Like, man, Albert Pujols, the machine, has been a staple of, like, what you want your first baseman to be for the better part of 20 years. I mean. Right. But to be fair, his farewell tour was a few years ago. It never well, happened, man, because he never said he was retiring. Like, but even, and now, even and the fact that he got back to St. Louis, like, this was all the things fell in place for this to have been a D Wade style farewell tour across the league. Right. And what happened? What happened in that all-star game? He got named as a special edition and he yeah, did not him and, start. and Dirk. Right. But uh, they did okay. not start. So you all can right, use fine, him as a bench got, guy. You've got five starting spots there. We're talking about a lineup of nine that you're probably only going to get one at bat in because we got to get the rest of the guys in. So it's more for getting introduced with the starting lineup and making sure that you go. You can put the DH hitting in the top three so he gets the top of the first inning at bat and he gets his moment in the All-Star game, as he well deserves. Eh, I don't like it, yeah. but whatever. Right, yeah. well, yeah, me neither. Rob, 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 Rob and I are agreeing on something which never happens. So. <laughs> Wait till we get to the American League, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... All right, so who do you guys got at DH then? Harper. Harper. Yawn. Yeah. Yawn. Oh, sorry, yeah. 992 OPS. Yes. Canada says, yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah. All right, and so this one doesn't have, uh, this last one doesn't have ballot spots. So it's really whoever we want, but who would you want to start the game for the National League? And I don't even know where we are in the order, so you guys can take this. Uh, Whoever wants to I actually have to really look at it because I can't really uh, say there's been like one National League pitcher that's like, that looks good. Sandy Alcantara. Yep. I'm thinking yep. Alcantara. Cosine. Awesome. I love it. Wow. Two unanimous Marlins choices on this team. That's that, right. ladies and gentlemen. Is you can't just... even say we're slandering you. Ooh. This is perfect. No, we're not. But it's funny because there's 23 oh, other Marlins. idea who the hell they are. <laughs> yeah. We know Pablo Lopez. Um, you know sure. Pablo Lopez. We, I have no fucking clue who that is. So, well, <laughs> I guess. Stallions, man. We got stallions. <laughs> Pablo Lo- Lopez is the guy who makes me some uh, some coffee con leche down in Miami. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Throw it. My God. So, what? all right. Well, that Am rounds out our National League All-Star team. Several, uh, a few unanimous decisions, but we've got uh, a pretty strong lineup around from top to bottom. Let's switch it over and go with the American League. So, first base, I will start us off. I am – I'm tempted to go with Vlad just because he's Vlad. And he, he's been all right. I'm going to go with New York Bias, and I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo just because I like Anthony Rizzo. And he's from South Florida. And he's doing better than I think I expected him to do. He's only hitting 210, but 14 home runs, 38 RBI, 787 OPS. Um, I will take Anthony Rizzo as my first baseman. I'll go, Vlad. Okay. I think both New Yorkers are my first baseman. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, for me, I mean, Ty France is having a nice year. He and is. For the Mariners, um, yeah, he's got 2.7 more. It'd be nice, but 
this is still what's a he listed game, as but... at first base. Yeah, he's he plays Jesus. everything, but he's a, he's listed as first mm-hmm. baseman right here. Yeah, I mean, right now he's at two point seven WAR. He's got a three twenty four batting average, eight home runs. So I mean, he's having a, a nice all around year, but I think by the time the, the season ends, they're gonna be like Tai Hu. Yeah, Tai Hu. Yeah, I. You know, I don't like how these positions are getting matched up. It's starting to piss me off like the NBA ones do. But the – the um, I'm sure that there's a much more science to this. It's got to just be like if you played multiple positions, I'm sure they're taking the one that you have the most official starts at. Yeah, ESPN has them listed as a third baseman. That's the part that's confusing. Hmm. Well, um, again, I went to the source. Which no, is... you're on the ballot. You're you're obviously right. I'm just I'm the it's, ballot. It's yeah. messing me up. I probably wouldn't have picked Vlad if if his proper position was listed next to him. So I might switch mine to Ty Francis too. Ty France. France, sorry. He's in my city. I don't even know who the hell he is. Right. So Doug, are you going with him? Uh, it is currently. I'm sorry, did you say that's not who you're going with? No, yeah, I'm going with uh, Guerrero. With Guerrero? Okay, so we've got uh-huh. one for Ty, one for Vlad, and one for the Tony Rizzo. So another split. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, second base. Douglas, feel free. So I'm going to go like I'll 2 7 the next year, but actually I'm going to go with the, the surprise guy. Andres Jimenez, former current guardian. Damn it. Cosine. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to take him too because I just refuse to vote for Altuve. <laughs> <laughs> so look at that. A guardian's unanimous choice. Oh, what is happening? The symmetry is incredible. Yeah. It's the end of the um, world as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on to third base, I have a feeling I know who Rob is going to take. So let's start with you, sir. Yeah, I mean, my my measurement has been pretty consistent on highest war gets the starting nod. Um, but I'm going to break that for Ramirez because I do want him to be the starter. Uh, I just I have a feeling that Boston fans are going to overrule Cleveland fans and vote in Devers. But I would I would take Ramirez. So it's Devers. Sorry, there. Devers. Which is fine. For your, for your own well-being. It's a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> that statement, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening on the podcast, was made by someone named Robert Kleinconnect. <laughs> so let's go ahead and say that Devers is a stupid name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how many consonants in Kleinconnect? I mean, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Ramirez just because. Fuck Boston. Yeah, there you go. It's a little different reasoning, but I'm with you. Doug, who are you going with? We're gonna um, this, uh, I'm, I'm co-signing the um, yeah. We're making this a, a fuck Boston, Oof. fuck Boston trio, and I'm definitely going to go with uh, Ramirez. With Ramirez, so two Guardians are unanimous. Now we've got the Martins and the and the uh, Guardians tied for unanimous choices on this right. on this pod, and, and no Mets, bro. <laughs> No Mets unanimous. They have the best record by far. No Mets, but two Guardians and two Marlins. Hey, hey. So, shortstop, uh, let's get it cracking. I am going to (sighs) – I really like Wander Franco. 
I don't think he's doing enough. So, and he's hurt now. So I'm going to go with what I think is another. We mentioned earlier that uh, Jose Ramirez was one of the most overrated players, underrated, excuse me, players in the league. This is another one. Uh, Tim Anderson. I'm going to take him. Hitting 356, 896 OPS. Uh, I'm going to go with Timmy Boy there. Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. I co-signed. Super, su- supremely underrated. Huge won a couple of batting titles, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, no one outside of the city of Chicago knows who he is. Like half the no. city of Chicago. Correct. The, the other half still thinks that Javi Baez plays for the Cubs. Right. <laughs> um, I guess so, all right. See, Madison, who are you taking then, Rob? Well, my, my uh, idea of, of going based completely off numbers has con- will continue. Uh, I'm going to go with Jeremy Pena for Houston. And what numbers are what, – what, is it just war? Basically. Okay. I mean, Advanced I would have accepted Xander Bogarts, who's hitting much better for average than him, with the same or better counting stats and a higher OPS. He also doesn't play for Houston, which is a plus despite playing for Boston. <laughs> um, I would have taken Jeremy Crawford out of Seattle, too. I don't know how – I mean, it's your pick. So, Justin Pena it is. But, Jeremy. Uh, oh, Jeremy. Uh, Justin Pena is somebody on my team. Shout out to Justin uh, <laughs> on my team, if you're listening. So, Tim Anderson is going to take that one, though, two to one. Uh, and along with fuck Boston, like, fuck Houston, bro. Fuck. Yeah, all right. Next, catcher. Uh, who's up first on this one? I believe it's Doug. Um, can we just not pick a catcher for the American League? Because they're all trash. <laughs> they are all trash. I'm th- I mean, we should all just agree to take this Kirk dude from Toronto who seems to be having an incredible season in terms of numbers. Yep. Yep. Cool. So I'm I'm, I'm going to guess it's Alex or Alejandro Kirk. Alexander. Uh, or Alejandro, Alexander, I'm sorry. Alejandro, Alejandro. there you go. See, it's always, it's always one it, of them in baseball. Yeah, you but with American League catchers, isn't it amazing how Salvador Perez just, like, crashed down to earth? But it's year. only been this season. Like it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Everybody gets a pass for a year. This is gonna be his because it's. He really has not had a season like this. Right, yeah. um, Dude, bomb fifty home runs almost last year. Not, yeah, well, he yeah. also probably got off the juice. Ah, I was gonna yes. say, didn't Jorge Soler have like forty seven last year or the year before? Something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've arrived. We have arrived at the outfield. So, uh, Robert, feel free. You're three Ooh. American League outfielders. Ooh, I, I, I like that you start with me because I can use one off the wall. The two will be obvious: <laughs> Trout and uh, Trout and Judge. Those are those are the two. Yep. Uh, my third will be Kyle Tucker. Ooh, I like. I don't like where he plays, but I like. Um. Okay. I am going to go with the same first two of Trout and Judge. But my third is going to be... Who are we going to go with? I don't know who I voted for now, so I'm just uh, looking this over again. I'm going to go with Manuel Margot, actually. Solid 319 average. He's been hurt a little bit. 
still 832 OPS, 23 RBIs. I know he's got a bunch of stolen bases. Um, so I will go with Manuel Margot from the Tampa Bay Rays. Doug. All right, so my two, I'm definitely going to go with Trout and also with uh, Judge. And my third, George Springer from the Blue Jays. Mm, reasonable. George Springer. It's between right, him, it was between him and Stan. But... <clears throat> Was the right choice for everything, but <coughs> what am I going to do? Yeah, but you, but you isn't uh, take him, so it wasn't the right choice. Isn't isn't so, Jordan Alvarez having a better season than both those guys? Yes, Jordan. Yes. Sorry, sorry. I figured there was some pronunciation, but he's listed as a DH. God damn it! Okay. So for the outfield, we have unanimous choices of Trout and Aaron Judge. And then we've yep. got picks of Kyle Tucker, of Manuel Margot, and of who did George you Springer. George, George Springer. Springer. All right. So now DH, I believe I'm going first. And I took Albert Pujols in the National League. And the American League, I'm going to go with Miguel Cabrera for many of the same reasons. Migs. A staple in this sport for the past 20 years, a World Series champion, a Triple Crown winner, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, probably the end of the road for him this year. Get him a start in the All-Star game where he doesn't have to go out there and stand at first base. Let him get a bat and that bat. Let him get his moment in the sun. And then back up into the shadows and dreariness of Detroit. Go ahead. Okay. Get on it if you'd like, but I'm going with Migs. I mean, it is what it is. I, yeah. I think he's in the same scenario as Pujols. I don't mind him being on the All-Star team, but not as a starter. I'd I rather him come in halfway soon, but that's same, fine. Same thing. We can get him out after the beginning, and it is the DH spot. So it's like you're not even out there on the field. Yeah. Well, uh, if he's listed as a DH, I think Alvarez is probably the – Logical okay, choice for me. Totally yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Alvarez, but we know darn well that uh, oh, Otani's going to win the fan vote. Oh, probably. Is it? Is it in L.A.? All right, I know mm-hmm. it's in L.A. Is it in Dodger Stadium or Angel Stadium? It's in Dodger Stadium. Uh, okay. So, not quite home field. Okay. But because you're choosing by league, you can assume the Dodgers fans will probably vote for him because it's not like they can pick a Dodger over him. Sure. Um, out of curiosity, he's listed as a DH? He's listed as a DH. So, Tani? I guess yeah. that is what he plays, isn't it? Yeah. He well, never really plays the field, does he? Not really. I, I mean, every, he plays the outfield every once in a while, but not, not normally. I guess he doesn't have to anymore with it being universal. Right. Cool. Okay, let me smell this. With that noise. <laughs> we good? We're good on that? Yeah. Um, so, Migs, Otani, and Alvarez. Yeah. All right. So, let's go to picking a starter. Much more interesting... Uh, decision, I think, in the 
American League. I think that there's one, two. I think there's three names that can be reasonably had the conversation for. Uh, four, actually. And three of them are just not going to be names that are known to the public. But yeah, I would narrow it down to Alec Manoa, Justin Verlander, Logan Gilbert, and Shane McClanahan. Weird. So, okay. 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 I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Verlander. Verlander has uh, seven wins, a 2-1-3 ERA, over 71 innings, with 73 strikeouts, so more than a strikeout in inning, 14 walks and 73 strikeouts, so that's like a 4-to-1 ratio. Uh, Check out his, his whip is under 9. And his whip is, yeah, it's 0.84. Um, I would have next picked McClanahan, and I really like Alec Manoa because he's from down here and he went to a high school that's very close to where I am sitting currently. Uh, so hometown support for him too. But Verlander, man, it's uh, it's like a blast from the past with this season with him. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'll, I'll let you guys go. Let's... Go ahead, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'll go last. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Verlander as well. Just for the simple fact that what his, he, his age, plus the simple fact that he's coming back from Tommy John surgery and he's doing what he's doing is nothing but mind-blowing. So he's got my, he's got my vote. All right. Interesting. I have a feeling that Robert is going to go like super obscure here. I am. Um, I am. Martin Perez from Texas. Martin Perez. Yep. Yep. Less earned runs uh, with the same number of starts as Verlander. Uh, ERA almost 0.7 lower than Verlander at 1.56. Higher war. Whip very similar, still below one. Uh, Only 16 walks. And one home run compared to Verlander's nine. So how many innings compared to Verlander? Uh, he has 69 innings and pitched. Verlander was 71. Yeah, so two different. The guy has 69 innings and always giving up one home run? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. insane. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have a 1.56 ERA you're, in 70 innings, you're you're not giving up many many bombs. <laughs> so, Verlander's got that 2-1-3 ERA, but a better whip and a much better opponent's average. So, they're hitting 208 against Perez, and they're only hitting 183 against Verlander. Um, and with well, the big part of his is giving up those home runs. I mean, that's the biggest part. That's really yeah, but they're all solo shots. That's not that bad. Yeah, it seems well, like it because with nine home runs given up, he's only given up seventeen earned runs. Right, right. That that's more my point. You you get burned because you give up so many home runs, and then like the other guy can give up three times as many hits and not allow any runs. Yeah. So. Okay, All right. Can we, well, can we find a spot on our team for Joey Gallo, who um, I was just looking up his stats, has six home runs no. and 10 RBI? No. <laughs> I cannot find a spot for Joey Gallo on the team. <laughs> Why? He's, like, he's got the same stats as Albert Pujols, basically. Trash. Um, right, but not the same pedigree. <laughs> no, not quite. 
All right, well, those are our all-star teams. That is our baseball pod. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Doug, thank you for joining us and being the third voice of reason here amongst uh, some of our nonsense. Much appreciated. I, uh, I appreciate how little Mets lander there really was. I, I'm... It's hard. Really yeah, they're the best team in the league currently. We kind of have to. Wait I was going to say, I, I, I have to use some sort of logic, and it just isn't there right now. When you guys start to suffer, then we'll have you on again, and then we'll okay. slander you then. Well, the Padres are up eleven to two right now, so it, it, it's happening. Right. Well, one game out of the hundred and twenty left. You, you, you should be all right. No, but we also got smoked yesterday. I'm sorry. PTSD. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's I'm so excited. We said July first is when it would start to happen. So. You got a little Here bit of time. Are. Here we are, yeah. June 8th, and talking about it already. <laughs> so, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Again, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 3 Major Sports. Um, as always, it is a pleasure. And thank you, gentlemen, for being with us. And have a great night, everybody. There you go. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Later.